0: greet everybody who is here today with us in person. want to greet all of you who are worshiping with us online. I'm Chip Reed, the lead teaching pastor here at Garfield Memorial Church. Uh, so excited for what God is up to in 2024. Uh, I'm ready to kiss the last three or four goodbye. Any amens with you with me? Okay, yeah, one person, like with me, is glad to see the last three go. Uh, you guys are troopers, but I'm, I'm excited um, for what God is up to. And we are in this series, Blessed everyday ways to love our neighbor and change the world. Paul said, if you love your neighbor, read Romans 13, you fulfill everything that's in the law. You, you, you are intentionally designed for this kind of work. And we've been saying, I don't know what's more important in our world today than living out this commitment and this command to love our neighbors. And we don't get to choose our neighbors, right? Say so you don't get to choose your family. Um, you choose your friends, right? Well, our neighbors are part of the family of God, and we don't choose them, but Jesus chose us. He said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And so we're, we're looking today at, at that. Uh, a couple things, just a bit about where we're going. Uh, next week, we'll close out this series. Today, I'm talking about serve and love. Next week, share your story. Um, And uh, then we go into a season that in some traditions called Lent. It's a journey toward Easter. But whether you celebrate Lent in your life or whether you haven't, uh, take the 40 days to really reflect upon um, the love of God and what what Easter means. We've got an Ash Wednesday service on on Valentine's Day this year. I think that's appropriate. We're trying to end early so I don't get in trouble with some of the couples, including my wife, um, so that we don't interfere with the evening dinner plans and that. But we have um, drive-by ashes in the morning. You can come here between 7.30 and 9.00 and receive ashes. I still want to put a sign up that says get your ash over here. Um but my wife said she'd divorce me. Um so it won't happen, but you can drive through for ashes um and then at noon There'll be a time for ashes. Pastor Terry and I will be in the sanctuary doing a little reflection. If you want to take a lunch break, uh, you can do that. We'll ground ourselves. And then uh, uh, in the evening, 645 to 730, just a 45-minute service, I'll be sharing kind of the, the kickoff to our series. Our next series goes out of our core value of safety. That's one of our main core values at Garfield Memorial Church. And we tell people, and you can tell your friends and people that are disconnected from church or mad at God, that Garfield Memorial Church does whatever it takes to be a safe place to search, okay? I can get my feelings hurt in the world. I don't need to get them hurt here in the presence of God. This is a safe place to search. It will be as long as it's on my watch. And so we want that, that core value of safety for greater Cleveland to know. I know you don't trust church right now. I don't know you don't trust pastors. Who would? But this is a place... Uh, I remember a friend who was a hairdresser here and invited a friend who was really beat up by a church and and felt talked down to and mad at pastors, you know, uh, telling them they have to be one political party or another. And uh, she just said to her, she said, our church won't treat you like that. And that person came here and I had the privilege to baptize her. This is a safe place to search. And we're gonna look at the questions that Jesus asked. Not that he pontificated, that he asked so we're gonna be doing some reflection. I'm gonna tease you with a little bit of a reflection moment in this message. Then after that, uh, during that series, I'm really excited about this. Sunday, March 3rd, we have Eric Stenzen Clement with us. He's the author of Whispers in the Wilderness. This guy's an amazing guy. I stumbled across his writings. He's a photojournalist now in the Rocky Mountains. He is a Christian and his reflections really began to help me uh, toward wholeness again in what was a difficult year. Eric uh, uh, had a history of being a missionary uh, during the Kosovo War in the Balkans, in Albania, uh, one of the most rigid places in the world to share Christ. Uh, He burned out. He flamed out. He went and got well with God, and he's going to come and talk to us about that. So, mark uh, March 3rd on your calendars. Okay. So, bless. B, be in prayer. We talked about that. L, listen with care. E, Last week, Leilani and Caleb, how many got hungry when they were preaching? Seriously. I leaned over to my wife at Heritage and I say, I said, where are we going to brunch? Like my mouth is watering. And I had to come down here and listen to it again. It was torture. What an amazing thing of Jesus's ministry, calling us to eat together, to break bread together. When you break bread together, all the walls fall down. Right? And so how are we doing that? And we've got some ideas around that. And today serve in love. I, I, when I thought about what Scripture most illustrates serving in love, I immediately went to Jesus's foot washing. You know where John 13 through 17. <clears throat> it's the longest description of Jesus's last night on earth. Matthew talks about it. Um, they had they went in the upper room. They celebrated Passover. They sang a hymn. They went to Gethsemane. Um, Mark is very brief about. He's the quick writer. Uh, Luke talks about it in some detail and even does more about the eating together after the resurrection. But John, man, he takes 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, five chapters to talk about that night. And what John is telling us is that this is Jesus' last training session with his key, you know, lieutenants that he's going to send out into the world to represent him. Now, if if you had one night, okay, one evening to teach people on how to share the most important message in the history of the world, that would feel a little intimidating. I mean, that's bigger than electing a president. That's bigger than appointing a king. That's bigger than, you know, uh, Steve Jobs' wonderful three points for Apple. These things are amazing. It, it's bigger than the discovery of, of the iPhone. It's, it's bigger than going to the moon. I mean, this is the message of eternity. This is the message that's gonna split history in two. This is the message that is from the beginning to the end, from Alpha to Omega. Everything we've been hungering for is in this message. The salvation of the entire world and the human race. And you've got one night. Now I don't know about you, I'd probably create a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> right? I don't know what else to do. I'd do a lot of research. <clears throat> I'd stand up here and pontificate. Not Jesus. Jesus, says, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand. You know what that means in the Greek? Knowing that God had given him complete power. That's what it says. Knowing he had come from God and was going to God, he didn't get up and say, now all you heathen, listen to this. He took off his outer robe. He got down on his knees and he washed dirty feet. See, It's wonderful to have a proposition. Jesus gave a proposition on that night. He said, I want you to love one another even as I have loved you. But how many know that a picture paints a thousand words? When you see it in action, when you see a metaphor, if you will, that this is the kind of serving love Jesus said, I'm calling you to, you reflect on it, you meditate on it all your life, which you should, by the way, And it continues to bring life to you. I tell a lot of stories when I preach and I have people say to me, you know, Chip, I don't remember anything you preached today. But boy, I'll never forget that story. Right? Flannery O'Connor was a great American writer. She wrote, I think I've read every short story she wrote. But I remember there was a time that a literary critic or a news person came up to her and said, hey, this new story you wrote, can you break it down in a nutshell? Can you give it to me in one sentence? And she said, if I could give it to you in one sentence, I wouldn't have had to write the story. Like stories speak to us, don't they? And this image, is this metaphor, this portrait of God's serving love to us, that Jesus Christ, who wasn't just with God, but was God, not one who pointed the way to God, but one who said, no, I'm, I'm here to, to be God, come to find you, it's down on his hands and knees and wash his feet, something so repulsive that in that day and age you couldn't even require a slave to do. And what he shows us in this, a couple things I'm going to try to get through before we come to this table. One, that the serving love he calls us to is not about attraction, it's about action. It's not about giving, it's about investing. And it's not done out of emptiness, but it's done out of the fullness of heart. You ready? Let's go. First, the the serving love that Jesus calls us to is not just about attraction; it's about action. He washed their dirty. Somebody say it. Feet. A lot of people don't think feet are very attractive. When Tiana, my daughter, had surgery, my goddaughters came up to be with us. One came up from Columbus. The other is an executive downtown. They took time off just to make sure mom and dad weren't losing their minds. And Rochelle, the oldest one, she's on her phone, and she's reading this survey about women's fashion and women's health and all this. And she looked at her sister, Lamika and she basically said, hey, there's a question in this survey. What part of a woman's body do they feel are most unattractive? And it was like in stereo, they said, feet. And I said, wow, where did that rank? And and Rochelle said to me, dad, 92% of women said, my most unattractive part is feet. I mean, getting down by people's feet is not something we're attracted to. Jesus could have said, as I did your hair, so I asked you to go do other hair. Like, that's kind of, you know, I go to youth group and stuff. Everybody's doing their hair. It feels good. It's like, you know, downtown Abbey or something. It's just wonderful, right? But Jesus said, as I'm down here with my face next to your dirty feet, so should you be down there with all kinds of people, right? And not just who we're attracted to. Now, I'm not talking Valentine's Day. I'm not just talking about romantic love. That's probably least of it. We are, by nature, do you know human beings are by definition just a bundle of needs? Do you know that? Do you know how needy you are? I'm so needy, right? We need attention. We need comfort. We need control. I'm the only one up here, right? Yeah, I'll do marriage counseling right out there. Right? We are. We're just a bundle of needs. And what happens is, with our sinful nature, we're attracted to people who can help us fill our neediness. So if people are successful, if people are powerful, if they're intelligent, if they have connections, we say, I love you. Right? C.S. Lewis wrote the Screwtape Letters. I love it. It was a little book about hell. And there's an old demon named Wormwood and he was teaching junior demons how to corrupt the human race. And he said, you know, humans love to digest each other. He said, they, they eat each other's talents and their connections and, and their intelligence so that they can make it extensions of their own. He said, on earth they call it love. But in hell we know it's hunger. We are so Hungry, out of our own neediness, that we are by nature attracted to people, not because of who they are, but because how they will make us feel about ourselves when we're in their company and thus fulfill our needs, right? We often say we love them, but it doesn't really mean we love them. We're loving ourselves through them, and they're just a commodity, to meet our needs. Did that hit anybody? Uh, Yeah, okay, thank you in the back for being brave and not just saying, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was walking on this and I went, wow. I look back at my life and I thought of some relationships I've been and some relationships where people were really using me and it really wasn't about me or I was being honest, kind of using them to feel better about myself. We're going to have a Selah moment. Do anybody know what the word Selah is? A few of you do, they're theologians. You find that in the Psalms. We don't do this enough. But in the Psalms, it'll, it'll read something in the Psalms. And then the psalmist, the leader, that was the worship book, would shout out Selah, which means take a minute and think about it. So we're gonna have a Selah moment, reflection moment. You won't die, trust me. Two minutes, I want you, If you maybe somebody close to you you wanna say something to, or you just wanna think of yourselves. Let's just be honest here and say, have we been mercenary ever in our relationships? Have we been drawn to people really where we weren't loving them fully as who they were but kind of using them to feel better about ourselves or have we experienced that two minutes ready go We don't do that enough. We don't listen to God's word and then just arrest ourselves and do some deep introspection. That's the things we need to do and think about. Lord, have I been mercenary in my relationships? Lord, have I been the victim of other mercenary relationships? You know, there's two principles. You see it in the Bible in relationship. It's either me first, you know, you to fulfill my needs, or it's you first. You know, you don't need to complete me. I want to help complete you and and push you to your God destiny, right? Um, which one was Jesus? <laughs> How did he handle power? He, though he was equal to God, he did not view equality with God was something to be exalted, but gave his power and his position and privilege away. He didn't play king of the mountain. He played king of the world. He didn't play king of the mountain to push others down. He came down to lift others up, to be king of the world. And that's our calling. You know, and what does this look like in your life? Um, <clears throat> it's not always attracted to people that can that you can get something out of the deal. You're loving them for just who they are. And think about that. You know, there, maybe there's somebody in your life that's really irritating. Don't say anything out loud. Don't look at your spouse. Please don't. I don't want to start something. Siblings, don't look at each other. Okay, I mean, like, Yeah. Uh, but maybe zero you know, maybe somebody, you, you just know, you just don't really like that much and, and they're in your neighborhood or they're in your job, they're at your school, they're in your church. Who knows? You're, just, you're pretty sure you don't like them and you're pretty sure nobody else does either, right? And then they call you and they're having a problem. They say, I, re- I really want to spend time with you. Um, can you, you. Can you spend the morning with me? And, and your answer is what? No, I won't be at home. No, I'll never be home. Uh, no, the internet's not working over here. No, actually, I've moved to another continent, and they have no internet, right? I mean, that's our natural... And, and you feel free, right? And it feels like it gives you life, but it actually promotes death because that person's dying, and they have no one to talk to. And I'm not talking about unhealthy boundaries, Know that. You know, you can build boundaries, but it shouldn't be our first front-of-the-brain reaction. If Jesus got down to wash dirty feet we ought to be able to get down to wash dirty feet and the second thing is not only is it not just about attraction; it's not just about giving it's about investing because i have people say oh you know oh, okay so this is just jesus is a great example Praise a great example. I should just wash people's feet. I should just ladle soup in a soup kitchen. I should just serve in in a food pantry or a clothing drive. Um, I, I I should just give money to these organizations. And it's all out of duty. If it's all out of duty and it doesn't involve your heart, you're not gonna invest in people. You're just gonna serve them kind of in a, cold callous way the pharisees did that the religious you know know-it-alls did that but this is a situation that involves your heart it involves an emotion right jesus gets down and he washes their feet he doesn't just get down near their feet he washes it and peter goes lord I, you don't i don't want you doing this it's, this is beneath you you shouldn't do it and jesus said unless i wash you you have no part with me Peter, there's something dirty in you. There's something, I want you clean. I want you bright, right? But I want to wash away some of your self centeredness. I want to wash away some of your bitterness. I want to wash away the times that make you cruel. I want to wash away the things that won't let you be humble. I want to be like Geico in the Geico commercial with the Intergalactic Council when the world is upside down and he just pulls the cartridge out and goes, and puts it back in, dust on the cartridge. Peter, you got dust on your cartridge. Your operating system is messed up. I want to see you lovingly humble. I want to see you joyful. I want to see you able to love others like this. I want you to be free. Jesus says, Paul said it this way, may God who began a good work in you perform it under the day of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, that's why I'm down here washing your feet because I want you to grow into the fullness of God and the great gifts of God that are inside of you. Timothy had a panic attack with Paul when Paul was in prison. And Timothy said, I don't know if I can do it. And Paul said, I know the faith of your mother. I know the faith of your grandmother. And I know the faith is in you. Now stir up the gifts of God that are within you. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power. And of a sound mind. Jesus says, I have to wash you, Peter. Because I want to bring you to fullness. And that's what we do. We don't just serve out of duty. We invest in bringing people to glory. The way God has brought us to glory. Did you know it's Black History Month today? It's Rosa Parks' birthday. Anybody know that? Should (laughs) have. Ha ha. No. (laughs) Boy, did I just go, Chip, there is something dirty in you. And I must clean your cartridge. No, but... uh, Um, Rosa Parks, February 4th, 1913. She'd have been 111 years old today. But she had a great, I agree. She has a great saying that she loved. I heard her in her writing say it many times. She said that the mighty oak tree today is just yesterday's nut that held its ground. I love that. You know what our call is? We need to dig in with people because they're like an acorn. They're filled with so much power and potential and the good work that God has birthed in them. And we need to help them hold their ground so God can water it and God can nurture it. And we can be a vessel to push them toward fulfillment. I heard a theologian once say, if you leave me, if you live a life of me first, you're living a life that pushes people to Satan. Because Satan is the author of me first. Satan's about power digestion. Satan's the one that teaches us that I'll take credit for something even if my colleagues created it. That'll get me to head. I'll elbow my way to the top and use people along the way. If you do that, you're pushing people towards Satan and a kingdom of hell. But if you can lose yourself and humble ourselves and wash feet and serve in love, now you're pushing people toward Jesus. That's the call we have. It's not giving, it's investing. And then finally, it's not done out of our emptiness. It's done of the fullness of heart. Jesus, complete power. And he got down and washed feet. And he, he washed their feet, right? He doesn't say, look, I'm sending you out to wash feet. He said, because I, the Lord of the universe, wash feet. You need to go wash feet. And it's not done out of emptiness. Friends, this is simple economics. You know what simple economics are? Yeah, you do. I, I agree. I'm with you. Okay, tell me. No, I'm kidding. Um, simple economics. If you, you can't give a bunch of money away even if you want to, to work a ministry to the poor, if you don't even have enough money to buy food and eat. Isn't that true? You can't give this kind of love away unless you have a stream of God's love, free and unconditional, that's pouring and flooding into your heart so that you're so full that it flows out of you naturally. What did Paul say in Romans? God's love has been poured into our hearts. That word there in the Greek means flooded into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Only when we're full like that can we go out and fill others. Can we pour out into others? Can we give ourselves away recklessly? See, if, you, if you're full of the love of God, you won't have an appreciation meter. Do you have one of those? An acknowledgement meter, I got those things inside of me in my corruption. You know, I wasn't appreciated. Ding, 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 ding. I wasn't acknowledged. Don't they know I'm Dr. Freed? Ding, 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 ding. See, those meters go on off (coughs) when God's love fills our heart. So what do we need? Excuse me. (coughs) What do we need to get this endless stream? of Jesus' unconditional love. What does he say to the woman at the well? You drink of that well, you're going to be thirsty again. You eat of that bread, you're going to be hungry again. But I have water and bread from which you'll never hunger, you'll never thirst. It'll flow up in you like a river of living water. How do we get it? Two ways, ready? One, we need to see Jesus not just washing other people's feet. You need to see him washing your feet. So you need to be careful here. Because if Peter, even Peter, great Peter, right? If he was the one say, Lord, don't wash my feet. That's, that's repulsive. <clears throat> that's unseemly. I don't want you down there washing my feet. Peter represents the pride in every one of us that doesn't accept the first part of the gospel, that we are sinners saved by grace, that we are broken sinners, that it doesn't mean we just do bad things. Everybody goes, I know I do bad things, but even the good things we do sometimes, we do for all the wrong reasons. We do good things so we can be appreciated. We do good things so we look good in other people's eyes. We do good things so others will become acknowledgement meter. Ding, 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 ding. And we are so sick that it took the king of the universe to take off his outer robe and get down on his knees with complete power and wash dirty feet. There was nothing short of the death of the king of the universe that could save me. And we need to, we need to see <coughs> Jesus washing your feet. And if right now I'm preaching and you go, hey, you know, Chip, that may work for some, but I'm not that bad. You've never seen Jesus. Jesus down, washing your feet. Brennan Manning is one of my favorite theologians. He passed away. He wrote so many great books about grace. And he was a a Catholic priest or a a priest, Anglican priest. And he suffered with alcoholism most of his life. And and he struggled to try to do all the right things. And he said he was on a Franciscan retreat. Great book, A Glimpse of Jesus, Jesus, a Stranger to Self-Hatred. And Brendan said, I went in this Franciscan retreat. There was a time I had blown it again. I was hating myself. I was feeling all the neediness that we all feel. And he said, I was there for asylum retreat and I was reading the gospels. And he came to John 13 and he read about Jesus washing the feet. And he said, suddenly I was transported into that upper room and I was sitting where Ju- Judas sat and washed feet. you you think Jesus is just an example? That example will crush you. Are you able to wash Judas's feet? Are you able to wash the feet of somebody that wants you dead? Are you able to wash the feet of somebody that has trashed your reputation and wants ill will on your family? No, we can't do that naturally. We need the love of God to be poured into our hearts to ever be able to get over that and Brandon Menning said I was there where Judas was and Jesus came to wash my feet and I said no Lord, no not my feet, all the things I've done and all the times I've failed and all the times I drank to excess and you know all of that Lord and I don't need you down there by my feet, I don't deserve you down there by my feet and he said I looked, I saw Jesus look up to me and say Brandon I thought you'd do worse But know that I love you. And that's why I'm here washing again and again and again. Because, Brennan, you have one thing going for you that keeps you the apple of my eye. You know that you're a sinner. And it causes you to love other sinners too. You need to see Jesus washing your feet. Not because he, you know, he, he, this is, you know, some duty. But he wants to be there. He says, I came to heaven. I came down from heaven. I came down in the garden. I got down on my knees at your feet. I got down and went to the cross. I gave everything away just at the possibility of what you might become. Do you know you are loved like that? And when you do, the second thing you need to do is just relish in that love of Jesus. I love what Peter did. Peter said, Lord, uh, don't, don't be down on my feet. And then when he figured out what Jesus was doing for him, look what he said. Well, while you're down there, not just my feet, but also my hands and my head. When you know the love of God that he has for you and the way that he has gotten down to do whatever it takes, that he came down so we could be lifted up, that he was cast out so we could be brought in, that he said for the joy that was set before me, I endured the cross and what was that joy? It was you and it was me and when that love flows into you, don't just enjoy it, don't just appreciate it, bask in it relish in it delight in it anybody ever have a nice hot bath epsom salts yeah my brother back there i don't know who you are but you and i are really vibing bro a hot tub Anybody like to get in a hot tub it's a member of our staff just got a hot tub i don't want to mention her name but it's pastor woodstock you know Her and Joe are just in their hot tub now, you know, in Lakewood. And I'm going to drive over there waiting for an invitation. Anybody get the massage? You know, come on. You like massages, you tense, and you like it. And, And you say, well, not just my feet, but my hands you know I need a full body tr- that's how it is with the love of God man you don't go in for one minute you don't go in for two minutes you don't recite some corny prayer you don't just go to worship for an hour you, you, you worship all the times. you say the Lord is my delight what does Psalm 118 27 say God is God and his light and his love bathe me understand it See him at your feet, relish him at your feet, and you will be able to grow in his love and love your neighbors the way Jesus calls us to. And that is serving love. We can't do it by ourselves, friends. And the good news is, you don't have to. God's love is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit here with us. We're going to come to the table now. If those who are helping us to serve, if you would come down, and uh, Pastor Terry, if you can help them as we prepare these tables, come now uh, to be ready. And when you come to these tables, um, no, you're not coming to a Garfield Memorial table. You're not coming to a denominations table. This is a table of Jesus Christ. This is a table open for you. You don't have to be a baptized believer. You don't have to have everything all together. Jesus washed Judas' feet. Jesus served the bread and the cup to Judas, knowing what he would do. This is a table open to you to just have a heart open to God and to come and receive that which you can't earn. What does Isaiah say? Come and buy uh, bread and wine without money and without price. This is a table of love for one who came down, who got down on his knees to wash our feet and who took bread and broke it And said, this is my body, broken for you. Take and eat of it in remembrance of me. No longer digest each other, but be hungry for me. And I'll fill your souls. And this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many. So as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so in remembrance of the one who came down and washed your feet, my feet. Experience that again today, will you? Um, and as we close, I just share a couple things. Oh, they took my thing. Um, we, there's opportunities for us to grow in this series as we seek to bless others. Uh, once we start the season of Easter, our next series, we're going to ask you for 40 days, be in prayer. You're going to hear more about this. Be in prayer. I'm going to ask everybody to pick out eight people, write them down. Maybe friends, family, but people you don't know that well. What will happen if you just commit to pray for those eight people for 40 days, once a day, lift them up to God to uh, listen with care. We're going to give you some listening exercises that if you can listen for three minutes, five minutes, you go to God and don't ask for anything. Just open your heart to listen. Maybe that'll open us up to listen to our neighbor's to uh, eat together. Now, this is one that's not for Lent and Easter. This one's going to go clear to next fall. But we want to trigger a conspiracy of the big lunch that Caleb and Lalani uh, preached about, where in your neighborhoods, block parties, um, you know, lunches, ba- barbecues in your backyard, say nothing about the church. Just love your neighbors. And if somebody says to you, "Well, why, why are you doing this?" At that point, you could say, you know. In our church, we're working really hard to try to love our neighbors. But it's not a gimmick, it's an act of love. And for serving, uh, we have, uh, there it is, Um, we're doing ministry by strengths again. My wife, myself, Pastor Terry, it's gonna start the last Monday of the month, only five Mondays, lead you right up to Holy Week. Five Mondays, 6.30 to 8. We want you to come, we wanna connect with you, and we want to be equipped and figure out what's God's call on your life. What has God gifted you in, in serving? So if you've never been to ministry by strengths, um, if you feel like us chasing you down, we are. Um, but seriously, we'd love you to come. Terry and Terry and I would love to spend that time with you. And today we do have pizza with the pastors at 1130. If you're newer to Garfield and you want to know, what is this church? What, what's the DNA? Is this a safe place to church? Meet us up in the chapel. They'll direct you at 1130. we'll have a time of sharing. But before that, come and share the bread and the cup together with the host being none short of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Come. As you you come, if you wish, our members of our house of prayer are here ready to anoint. Just if you want to, as you come to the table. They're ready to anoint, to pray with you, and they'll be here after the service, after the last song. If you'd like a time of confidential prayer, we invite you to do that. But now come, everything is ready.